Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil Alemin. Ve sallallahu ala seyyidina Muhammeden ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve sellem ecma'in. Elhamdülillah we're going to continue our study of this very beneficial book of Ihdinu Maddin. Book 8 on the kitab Tilawat al-Quran and about the various proprieties of reciting the Quran. All of this to learn how it is that we can strengthen our relationship with the Quran. Alhamdulillah on this blessed day as you might see in my uh, wet jacket that I'm wearing Alhamdulillah mercy is descending it's raining where we are in my country Pennsylvania inshallah ta'ala it's also raining spiritually in the unseen realm from the mercy that Allah ta'ala gives to people during this special month of Ramadan every time that the fast is broken there are 600,000 in other narration 1 million people that Allah ta'ala releases from the fire And there's many meanings of being released from the fire and this is why we should be especially cautious to be present with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when we break our fasts. It's very easy to be in a state of heedlessness, to be cooking or to be making coffee or to be worrying about, well maybe not in these days, getting to where you need to go. Um, in other days when you're invited to iftar, you're racing last minute to get to some, get somewhere. Um, but we should really try to do that to the extent possible ahead of time so that those last three or four minutes that we are in a state of uh, penitence and asking Allah Ta'ala to forgive us and that being present with Him subhanahu wa ta'ala one of the beautiful things we can do is to repeat um, these, these blessed words and this was done where I studied in Tareem in Hadramaut and they recite throughout the day but especially just before tar ashhadu an la ilaha illallah nastaghfirullah nasaluka al-jannata wa na'udhu bika min an-nar they repeat that three times and then they say allahumma innaka afuun tuhibbul afwa fa'fu anna three times and so this is a very good practice uh, to do with your children at home with the group that you are breaking your fast with so that we can be present with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in those last moments. May Allah ta'ala bless us. And may He strengthen our relationship with the Qur'an in this blessed month. Ya Arhamar Rahimeen. So we are now on the Adad al-Sadis, the sixth etiquette that Hujjad al-Islam and Imam al-Zadi mentions. And this is an etiquette that is of the utmost importance. And it is one of the abandoned sun, sunnas, the sunnah al-mahjura of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu And it is a sunnah that is so important. There is a direct relationship between the number of people in the ummah that are observing the sunnah and the good that comes to the ummah. And the more the people there are, the more good that's going to come to the ummah. The less there are, is that the less good that's going to come to the ummah. And this is nothing other than the sunnah of buka, weeping for the sake of Allah Ta'ala. And so he mentions this is one of the outward etiquettes. And Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala mentions in the Qur'an, وَإِذَا تُطْلَىٰ عَلِيْهِمْ آيَاتُ الرَّحْمَنِ خَرُّوا سُجَّدًا وَبُكِيًا When the signs, the verses of the All-Merciful are recited to them, they fall down prostrate and weep. And as one of the Sadaf used to say, Hadi is Sajda Fa'in al Buka 
this is the prostration. So where is the weeping? In this verse, Khadr Sujjadan, they fall down prostrate. Wabukiya. And they're in the state of weeping. And this is something that you and I need to bring into our religious life and to realize that a sign of a hard heart is the fact that we don't shed tears. This is a very healthy thing to do. One of the healthiest things of all to do spiritually is to weep for the sake of Allah Taala. And so Imam Ghazali says, It is recommended that we weep while we are reciting the Qur'an. And there is a hadith, and he mentions uh, the hadith in different parts, but the hadith is in Ibn Majah, and Allah subhanahu wa and our Prophet sallallahu said, This Qur'an was sent down with huzn, sadness, grief. And what is meant by that is, the one who reflects deeply on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book, will realize this affair is serious. This is not a joke. We weren't created in vain. And there are repercussions for what it is that we do. And the unknown of the future is sufficient for us to be in a state of trepidation, a state of worry, and to be sad internally because we realize the very little that our Lord has commanded of us, we have fallen so short in. So, in the Quran, it has been revealed with huzn, with sadness. So if you recite Allah's book, then weep. If you do not weep, then force yourself to do so. Force yourself to weep. And so what is our Prophet ﷺ teaching us here? That we can sometimes feign something until it becomes a part of your reality. And he's going to give us details here about how to actually do that. How to actually force ourselves to cry and how to force ourselves to have grief in our hearts. But just the proposition of doing something that you is not... Because you can't, you can't really... You cry because you're affected by something and then you cry. But the fact that we can force ourselves to cry. And there is a truth in this sense. Fake it till you make it. And even though that's sometimes used in a worldly sense, the religious dimension of that here is true. You force yourself to be the way that you know you need to be. And then it will start to naturally come from you. And this is actually the case with many traits of character. You have to force yourself to be like that. You have to struggle with yourself. You know you should be like that. You try to make yourself like that until it flows naturally from you. And so, in this case, the Prophet is referring to weeping. If, we do, if you do not weep, then force yourself to weep. And then the hadith ends, وَتَغَنَّوْ بِهِ Recite the Qur'an beautifully. فَمَنْ لَمْ يَتَغَنَّ بِهِ فَلَيْسَ مِنَّا Whoever doesn't recite the Qur'an and adorn the recitation is not from us. So, one of the righteous is that he said that I had a dream where in the dream I was reciting the Qur'an to the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu So imagine that, this righteous man is, has seen the Prophet Sallallahu in a dream and he's reciting the Qur'an to him. And then the Prophet Sallallahu said to him, this is a dream of course, 
Ya Salih, that was his name, Salih. هَذِهِ الْقِرَاءَةَ إِنِ This is your recitation. So where is the weeping? Indicating that this is something that should be a part of our recitation. And he mentions the narration of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, where he said, إِذَا قَرَأْتُمْ سَجْدَةُ subhan فَلَا تَعْزَلُوا بِالسُّجُودِ حَتَّى تَبْكُوا And so if you recite this particular sajda of subhan, he says, don't hasten to prostrate until you have wept. And that if your eye does not weep, i.e. you don't have a tear shed with your physical eye, he said, then let your heart weep. And so open up the door for us to understand another dimension of weeping. You can weep in your heart. And sometimes even if we're not weeping outwardly, we could weep in our heart. And the ideal is to join between the two. So then Imam Ghazali, what does he do? He says, the way to force yourself to cry is the following. In You bring to heart sadness, grief. Because when there's present, when there's sadness in the heart, naturally someone's going to tear up. And then the key then is, how do you bring husband to the heart then? And he tells us how to do that as well. And so if we have grief or sadness in the heart, we'll naturally weep. So then the key is to bring this husband to the heart. And we can do that in the following way. He says, And yet ta'amal ma tahdidi is that one reflects deeply upon the various warnings or threats in Allah Ta'ala's book as well as his promises. Reflect deeply upon them. Allah says, this is what's going to happen if you do this. And this should cause us to really change internally. And he says, think upon the mawathiq and the urhud. Think about all of the covenants that have been taken with us. All of the trust. And what it is that it's been placed upon our shoulders and what it is that we have to do. So when we think about this and we think about these various verses and the verses of threats, the verses that have promises in them, we think about the various covenants that we have to fulfill. We think about the various, um, uh, all of the different things that Allah has made binding upon us. And then we think about our own taqsir. We think about our own shortcomings in relation to fulfilling his commands, in relation to fulfilling his prohibition, subhanahu wa ta'ala, naturally the heart will then be in a state of grief and sadness. If for people of Iman, that's going to have to be the state. And don't get disillusioned if you try to do this one time and it doesn't work. Do it a second time, and a third time, and a fourth time, and a fifth time, and rely upon Allah wa ta'ala, and you will see it will have an impact upon your heart eventually. And how this is incredibly practical advice that is radiant and beneficial for us in those moments that we spend implementing this will be some of our best moments of life. And keep in mind, one of the seven people, one of the seven people will be under the shade of the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is someone who sheds a tear when they are alone 
in the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of fear of him Jalla Jalalu. So this these tears are weighty in the scales and these tears will be a means of great good for us in this world and the next. So he says, then naturally we will come and we will start to cry. So then he says, He said, but then if we still find that when we do this, we don't have, we're not in a state of grief and we don't start weeping as the way that the pure hearted do and the way that they have these traits in their hearts. He says, Then we should weep for the fact that we're not weeping or for the fact that we don't have this spiritual grief in our hearts. Because that's one of the greatest calamities of all is that we are bereft of this. So this is what he says and this is in accordance with the Quranic guidance. We quoted the first verse that came before in Surah Maryam and Allah Ta'ala also says And they fall down on their faces weeping and it increases them in humility. And so this is part of our recitation and one of the things that I will say there generally speaking this should be done privately and if it overwhelms someone while they're with other people then that is fine but when we're with other people we should try to weep in our hearts and we're alone we should weep openly and especially when we're trying to force ourselves to weep we should do this privately and between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so then the next etiquette this is the seventh etiquette Imam Ghazali says in ayat is that we should make sure that we take great care to observe the right of the various verses. And he means specifically here the verses that when you recite them that then you prostrate. So you recite the verse and then you prostrate. And this is what is called an ayah of sajda. And the sajda, the prostrate itself, is called the sujuj <coughs> tilawa, the prostration of recitation. And whether we are the ones reciting, or whether we are hearing someone else recite, and of course Imam Ghazali is a Shafi'i, so he's going to be presenting the Shafi'i opinion and uh, all throughout this discussion, is that we recite when we are we we prostrate when we are the ones reciting. Just as if we hear someone else reciting, we prostrate as well. And he said that you don't prostrate unless that you're in a state of tahara, according to the Shafi school. And you have it is a prerequisite to prostrate to be in a state of purification. And he says in the Quran there are 14 places where when we recite those verses that we then prostrate. And some ulama say 15. And some ulama say different numbers as well. And he says in Surah Al-Hajj, there's two. And the Sajda in Surah Sa'd, according to the Shafi'iyah, is not a place where we prostrate. And there's ikhtilaf about that. Some of them include that in the verses where you would prostrate. And then he starts to talk about how it is that we prostrate to benefit from the fiqh that we need to know about it, the legal rulings. 
He says, and yesterday that we what ijabati al is that the minimum that you do when you hear that verse is that you just put your forehead on the ground, i.e., you prostrate. And he said, an even better way of doing that is to say Allahu Akbar. So you say Allahu Akbar, and you don't have to be standing, you could be sitting. You say Allahu Akbar, and then after that you prostrate. And once you prostrate, you make dua in sujood with what is um, with what is appropriate for the verse that it is that you recited. And so he gives us a couple examples here. So, for instance, if you recite the verse "Khadru sujjadan wa sabbahu bihamdarabihim they fall down in prostrate and glorify the praises of their Lord, and they are not haughty. They do not show haughtiness. So an example of a dua that we would say there's Allahumma j'alni min as-sajideen wajhik O Allah, bless us to be from those who prostrate for your noble countenance Al-musabbihini bihamdak who glorify your praises Wa'udhu bika an akuna min al-mustakbirin I seek refuge in you from being from the arrogant and amrik and to arrogantly ignore your command O ala awliya'ik or to be arrogant towards those that you love your pious folk. So that verse, you then make dua in sujood based upon the verse that it is that you recite. And this is a great benefit. And this will bring our prostrations to life. So that we just don't prostrate quickly and that's it. Whatever it is that we recited, we make a dua, a supplication in prostration according to what it is that we recited. He said, for instance, if you recite the the verse we previously translated that you say oh Allah Allahumma ja'ani min al-baqeen bless me from those who weep for your sake al-khashi'ina lak who that have this state of reverential fear towards you and this is what we do in every prostration that we prostrate so then he says that the conditions in the Shafi school for this prostration are the same conditions for prayer. So you have to have covered your aura, your legal nakedness. And for males, that is between the navel and the knees. And for females, that is everything except their face and their hands. And you have to have istiqbal al-qibla. So you can't just prostrate in any direction. You have to know where the qibla is and prostrate in the direction of the qibla. And there has to be taharat al-sawbi wa al-badan min al-hadith al-khabath. And you have to be in a state of ritual purity. And i.e. that you are not in a state of greater or lesser ritual impurity. If you're in a state of greater ritual impurity, that you have to take a also purificatory bath in a state of lesser ritual impurity, then you have to make wudu. And then you'll be in a state of purity, <coughs> but also to be free of najasa, filth, legal filth, on your clothing, your body, in the place that is that you're prostrating. Um, he says, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَكُونَ عَلَى طَهَارًا فَإِذَا سَجَدْ And so if you're not in a state of wudu, you can then make wudu and perform the sujood after that. And um, alhamdulillah, prostration is something that should be very beloved to us. This is something that is beloved to our Prophet And we know that the closest that a servant is to his Lord is while he is prostrating.
And in that moment when we prostrate, our heart is above our mind. The heart, the qalb, is above the aql, the intellect, meaning here that the reality of the intellect is in the heart, but the outward, lower degree of the intellect is in the mind. The heart is above the aql in this time, at this time, which indicates the ascendancy of the heart and the primacy of it. And one of the wisdoms of prostrating outwardly physically is to show our humility before Allah Taala, but it's also to affect the heart greatly so that eventually our heart prostrates. And this is what you and I want. We want our hearts to prostrate. And so that even when we lift up out of prostration in prayer, our heart is still prostrate. Meaning, our heart is constantly in a state of submission to Allah. Feeling an absolute need of Him. Broken before Him. In a state of lowliness and humility and submissiveness. When the heart prostrates, La ilaha illallah, it never ever again lifts up. And this was the blessed question that the young man, the great Imam Sahla Tusturi, left the city that he was from and traveled to another city to ask. But he was raised by his blessed uncle who gave him that very special dhikr and way of remembering Allah Taala that he repeated regularly and then increased in it throughout the time saying that Allah is near me. Allah, Allahu ma'i, Allah is with me. Allahu shahidi, Allah witnesses me, Allahu Haldir, Allah is present with me, Allahu Nadani, Allah gazes upon me, Allahu Qariba Minni, Allah is near to me. Hatta wajadtu halawatah, as he said, until that I found its sweetness. And then he had this question that he asked the locals that he they couldn't answer it. And then he traveled to another city and finally found a righteous man who answered his question for him. And what was his question? Can the heart prostrate? What an illuminated question. And when we make a lot of dhikr, and our fikr is a result of dhikr, our fikr is munawwar. And Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran, إِنِّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَوَاتِ وَرَضِ وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَإِنِّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَوَاتِ وَرَضِ وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ لَآيَاتٍ لِأُولِي لَلْبَابِ أَلَّذِينَ يَذْكُرُونَ اللَّهَ قِيَمًا وَكَعُودًا وَعَلَى جُنُوبِهِمْ is that Allah says that those who remember Allah standing, sitting, and on their sides. And they reflect upon the creation of the heavens and the earth. There's first a mentioning of dhikr, remembrance, and then there is a mentioning of that fikr, reflection. And so that when our tafakkur is based upon dhikr, our tafakkur, our reflections, our thoughts will be monover, they'll be radiant. As we see in the case with this blessed young man who came out and turned out to be one of the great imams of this deen. Because of his remembrance of Allah, his questions were radiant. And when was the last time that one of our young men or women asked one of these radiant questions? What kind of questions are they really asking nowadays? How to get some something new for their switch or whatever it is that they're playing on or some new technique that they can implement in Fortnite or that something that they, some way that they can watch uh, off the grid YouTube videos or something. What kind of questions oftentimes are the youth of this generation asking? 
and what type of questions should we be asking. You'd be surprised at the potential of young people. Young people, if they attach themselves to these meanings, can ascend very quickly. And we shouldn't think that just because they're young that somehow they're distant from these meanings. No, they, could attain, they can attain these meanings very quickly because of the purity of their souls. And so the question when he asked this great sheikh, can the heart prostrate? And he said, yes, son of mine. And once the heart prostrates, it never comes up out of prostration. And so every time that we prostrate, that we want to do so in a way that we realize our absolute need of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that we should especially prostrate for these 14 or 15 times in the Qur'an when we're encouraged to prostrate, make the du'as, that make our du'as correspond with what it is that we recited, realize our absolute neediness before Allah Ta'ala and ask Him to bless us with sujood of qalb, the prostration of the heart, so that we are constantly then receiving Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala's mercy, just as the water reaches the lowest point always, and likewise the most humble of people are the ones who receive the most mercy that is like rain. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq and bless us with all of these etiquettes. We will continue on, inshaAllah Ta'ala, next session. We will get into what it is that we say in the beginning of our recitation. We'll speak a little bit about reciting audibly and then move on to the last, the tenth etiquette, inshallah ta'ala, of the outward etiquettes before we then transition into the inner etiquettes. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq and bless us in all of our affairs. Ramadan Mubarak to all of you. And inshallah, this is a time of great benefit for all of us. Bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. This is the time, inshallah ta'ala, that we will truly enjoy as believers and get beyond some of the outward difficulties of the past so we experience its sweetness. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. Barakallahu feekum. Wa sallallahu ala Sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.